generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. and dealings 
with other people and the world, he says, you are perfect. You are all right. You're okay. Look at somebody tell him it's really all about love. And it's very easy for us to grasp that. Why? Because we do understand something. That if you really love somebody, would you not think the best of them or not? That if I love God with my mind, right? That means I will go beyond saying I don't sleep with people to saying I actually don't even allow my mind imagine them in my bed. Oh, come on, people. You don't agree with that one. Because it's really not the act. The word says the man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So the image of you that God sees is the image of your heart. The image of you that you see is the image of your, of your, of your soul. Your mind is an ex extension of that, but essentially soul. I'll, I'll explain that. Now know that your soul has three major components. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now can you think, is it possible for you to think I'm smart? But you know you can think you're smart, but you feel foolish. So in that moment where you're feeling foolish, does your genius emerge? No. So in that moment, your emotions are even overreading what your mind always knew to be true. That's why people don't make buying decisions based on logic. People make buying decisions based on emotions. So the marketing campaign, no matter how technical the product is, the marketing campaign needs to have an emotional component that engages the people. So for example, when they used to advertise a cigarette, back in the day on television, they do their magazines now, but they don't really do it on television. Back in the day, how many of you remember Tunde Bayou? Uh, I think, was it Benson and Hedges? Remember the adverts? Was it St. Moritz or something? Ocean Drive. The sun's going to shine on everything you do. So they paint this picture of luxury. The guy's doing well. Everything is pure and clean because by associative conditioning, the mind is going to say, if I want to have this kind of lifestyle, I need to smoke this kind of secret. How many of you ever dated a boy? You had a boyfriend in secondary school because it felt cool. Father will release the spirit of truth upon this congregation this morning. <laughs> Some of y'all like, no. Okay, okay. How many of you ever dated somebody in secondary school because it felt hot? <laughs> you know, cool, right? So the point is, for me to even love myself, I have to love. For me to love God, I'm essentially responding to God's love for me. Because First John says, we love him because he first. So my love for God is a response of God's love to me. Or is a response to God's love for me, more accurately put. Now when we go to the book of Romans chapter 7 and from verse 24. Romans 7. From verse 24 to 25, I want to show you something that will really help a lot of people. Well, let me pick from verse 21. 
I find in the law that evil, that evil is present with me. This is Apostle Paul speaking. The one who wills to do good, but evil is present in my body. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Right. That's in my heart, in my spirit and my heart. I love the law of God. I love the word of God. I love the way of God. But I see another law, verse 23, my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24, let's read together. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's where many believers end. The end in the place of, I've got a struggle, I've got a struggle, I've got an issue, I've got a challenge, I can't break through it, I'm wretched. Maybe I'm not really one of the chosen ones. If I'm really chosen, I'll be sleeping with somebody who's married to somebody that I know. Or somebody that I don't even know. Because I'm like, okay, so I can sleep with my people I don't know. If God really chose me, why would I still be so materialistic that my heart is filled with competition and strife and all of that? But this is what Paul says. He said, I thank who? Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind I serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. However, verse 1 of the next chapter. There is therefore when? When? There is therefore? There is therefore? There is therefore? Now! In other words, God does not suspend the condemnation when you come through the struggle. Even in the struggle, there is no... Can I help somebody this morning? Because condemnation is a weight that adds to the weight of the struggle you're being condemned by. So the struggle already has a weight, even when nobody can see. How many of you, there was a time we called for a fast, maybe here, maybe your previous local assembly, they called for a fast and everybody was fasting. You, you did not fast. Some of you, you are not smart cheaters because you went to go and drink Fanta. So, why you showed up for the prayer meeting? The Lord is good. Bro, what's, what's that? I said it's vitamins. So, what say is my anointing that is precipitating. But there's the deal. You were not fasting. Nobody knew. Word of knowledge didn't come out to say, hmm, I sense that some of us are not fasting today. But there was a burden in your heart. Even though nobody knew it. Oh, come and talk to me this morning. So the struggle already has a burden. Now condemnation adds to the burden. And when condemnation adds to the burden, you cannot leave out the purposes of God because you're carrying too much weight in the now to become useful in the agenda of God. The word says there is therefore now no condemnation. But check this out. 
Many believers are not condemned, but they've condemned themselves. So there is no divine condemnation, but there is self-condemnation. But here's the deal. Because condemnation was never designed to liberate you. Do you understand that? Even in the legal terms, you don't get condemned for freedom. So that means condemnation does not know the road to freedom. So the more condemned you are, the more bound you are. And the more bound you are, the more condemned you are. And the more condemned you are, the more bound you are. And the more bound you are, the more... So it's a self-sustaining cycle. Now here's the deal. Be, please come. Governor, be, please come. And, and this is... Uh, who's going to be guilty of condemnation? Hold hands. Yeah? So this is the struggle or sin. This is condemnation. Yeah? Keep going in circles, circles, cycles, cycles. Macrinold. Right? Cycles. God has a plan for this guy's life. His plan is that this guy will reach this person, will minister to this person, will start this business, will invest in that organization. But how can he go when he's already bound to condemnation? So when Jesus has delivered you from sin, the enemy knows that sin is not the problem, but I can use condemnation to hold you down. So a lot of people are going in cycles, and what happens when you go in cycles? You become dizzy. Is, you're feeling right now. Please be seated. Put your hands together for them. It becomes a dizzying cycle. It becomes a perpetual engagement in futility. And with self-condemnation will come self-hate. And self-hate will lead to self-harm. Now, some of you have never seen people who cut themselves, but I've seen it before. Trying to harm themselves. What they're really trying to deal with is, they're not trying to get, you know, like, tribal marks or something. There's a pain that is unresolved. And so they feel that I need an outlet. I need to hurt myself. It's actually the manifestation of a demonic presence. I'm not saying possession, but at the very least oppression. Because everywhere we find that in the Bible, it was a demonic presence that was bringing that. You remember Elijah and the prophets of Baal? That after they had prayed and prayed to their God, it didn't happen. They took out knives and they began to slash themselves. Remember Mark chapter 4? The madman at Gadarenes, the when Jesus appeared to him after he crossed the lake of Jerusalem, he saw that man and that man was harming himself. So self-harm comes from self-condemnation. And self-condemnation comes from the devil. And a lot of believers are bleeding. The reason they cannot express the ministry of God is that they are too much in pain. Let me give you something. Do you know that many times when you're moving from one ministry to another, the enemy raises things around your transition to hurt your heart or break your spirit? He raises arguments, stories, illusions, delusions. Why? It is not because you are living. It is because he wants to render you useless in the next season. Because bleeding people will cause people to bleed. 
Hurting people hurt people. Broken people have jagged edges. And jagged edges produce deep gashes. So some people are always irritable because of this. Let me give you about five major pointers that will show you that you've not accepted yourself that you're dealing with this self-condemnation and associated emotions. Number one, if ever so often you deflect compliments, You, you, 
Stop holding people in a prison that God has freed them from. The record has been wiped clear in heaven, but you have lockbook, typewriter, shorthand. Year of wanting, wanting one, nineteen, wanting one. So if you defer compliments on all of number two, if you struggle with addictions, a lot of addictions are not just rooted in poor habits, they're also rooted in rejecting yourself or not having confidence in yourself. So you drink to the point of stupor where the bottle is begging you to respect yourself. The bottle is, I beg, you don't because there is a pain on the inside that the drink wants to drown. We have sex and allied matters. A.K.A. imagination. A.K.A. pornation. A.K.A. masturbation. A.K.A. wanting, wanting, want. People are going deeper now. Bestiality, dogation, incantation, incantation. Don't get scandalized. I can see you're looking a little scandalized. That your first time, right? We keep it real. Your <laughs> says she's gonna be like, is that the pastor? But I said, I can talk about these things. Because in many places where people can't talk about these things, people are dealing with these things, but they can't come out of these things because they are bound by these things and too bound to even talk about them. So we have whitewashed sepulchers. Jesus says, I don't like that stuff. Give me your worst stuff, I'll sort it out for you. See, if Jesus was big enough to take your death on the cross, he can take the sin that led to the death. Let me explain that. The wages of sin is what? That means the best thing or worst thing that sin can produce is what? The greatest thing that can come out of sin is death. Jesus took your death. He can handle your sin. Every battle that David exposed to God, God gave him victory over. So over his enemies, but he did not expose a sexual struggle to God. So he, he kept struggling. And when you don't expose, you see, that's why I didn't have the victory. If he exposed the sexual struggle to God, he would have had the victory. Some of us, we don't want to expose it to enjoy it. Listen, by the way, if you're really born again, you won't enjoy it. Though. The struggle will choke you until God hooks you. Now, if God really loves you, when I say God really loves you, in other words, the agenda that he has for your life is so huge and so humongous, this is what it's going to do. At some point, because he needs to break you out of that cycle, he will expose it to somebody else that can help you. Nathan. Expose that. God is so good. Even when he exposes you, he does not shame you. He does not turn your secrets into material for message. Some of you here, You'll be kissing anyhow. You know who you are. <laughs> but God will expose it. See, because when God exposed it to Nathan, 
Do you know that God did not go into all the struggles of you now the old Uriah, you now the he didn't paint the elaborate picture, he even revealed it in a parable. So he gave him the opportunity to own up. He was like, ah, oh, what's a carry? Kami, kami, kami. <laughs> Addictions. Number three, sexual sins. That's close to it. Many of our sexual sins stem from all of these issues. I don't accept myself. Some of us have slept with people to feel better. Let me tell you, you know, sex can be a drug because chemicals are released in your body and you actually do feel better after it, right? You're saying you've this is. <laughs> Some of you already did. <laughs> you, you do feel better. That's why, you know, for couples, married couples, if your partner, your husband, your spouse wants sex and you're saying, I have a headache, that's the drug. Drug. Sex is one of God's gifts to reduce your pharmaceutical expenses. <laughs> I got it. Number, f- number four, listen to this one, a critical and bitter spirit is often indicative of self-condemnation because you don't feel good about yourself. You don't want any other person to feel good about themselves. And I'll show you the Bible for it as we close. A critical and a bitter spirit. And many of us need to check ourselves because this is like diagnostic for us, a divine diagnosis. And many of us didn't know why we're dealing with this stuff. You see, Jesus put it this way. He that loved, has been loved much, loves much. And he that has been forgiven much, forgives much. So whenever you look at the cross and what Jesus did for you on the cross, and you use that as a benchmark for every other thing that people do against you, you will let go of everything. I'm not saying it will disappear instantly. I'm not saying God will format your brain. But you can remember the experience without retaining the hurt. The fact that you have a scar does not mean you feel the pain. Yeah. I mean, I had, I can tell you that story today because of time. But I had, I have a stitch on my uh, knee. I was feeling like a footballer. I was a very good footballer, as a matter of fact. Secondary school. And I was dribbling. You know, secondary school people are naughty. So I think I was playing a uh, central attack and all of that. People couldn't believe it because this guy is Kurubendi. How is he able to do that? But you see, that's the trick because I had a close relationship with gravity. <laughs> I was not the fastest to fall. So I was literally dribbling, dribbling. People didn't answer, hey, dribbling, hey, dribbling, hey. Then I now dribbled my boarding house captain. And my house captain. Then I now dribbled the deputy head boy. I was in G- it was GS3 versus SS3, novelty match. Yeah. So final class of junior class and final game. So novelty match before our exams and all of that. So the deputy head boy of, is it vice head boy, deputy head boy? Okay. And then I was now about to dribble the head boy. One other prefect just came and cleared, get her out here. That was my first flight. (laughs) Now I landed. Boom. 
last to share some of your lawns. Some of you, you had lawn throughout. We didn't have lawn, we had grass. And if you have grass, around the goalpost is sandy and sometimes stony. So I landed on a piece of stone. Boom! I didn't break a bone. I felt a bit of pain, but I was like, mm, let's, just leave it. Let's, let's play this match. Meanwhile, everybody now is there, ah, now they're booing them. Right? But here's the deal. Booing your enemy does not always take away the pain. So a lot of people, they start attacking those who attack them, thinking they will feel better. But sometimes at the height of the deepest revenge, your pain has still not gone. So I got up and watched this true story. I felt a, a bit of strain around my muscles here. And I couldn't move as fast. But uh, that's good. Then next thing I felt like liquid dropping on my foot. So I looked up. It's very funny. Rain is falling so selective now. So one of my friends, his name is Israel, said, Jamie, blood. So now look, I said, ah, no problem. After the match, the guy said, are you crazy? You have to go to the sick bay now. Some of us, we're living with pain that God wants to heal. We've learned to live with it. Once the sick bay, the God must teach them all to a couple of, I think about two weeks before, I don't feel the pain anymore, but this guy is there. I don't even remember it. There's somebody who's gone through deep pain. God is going to heal you so perfectly that you will not even remember it anymore. You will only remember it for testimony's sake. Number four, number five now. Anger and irritability. Anger and irritability. So if you're easily angry, sometimes people displaying their anger at you are not angry with you. They are angry with other people, but you are the person in their space right now. <sighs> True story. Somebody messaged me on Instagram. Somebody I love, somebody I appreciate, somebody I said, somebody who's patronizing my products and all of that. I don't even know the person personally, but you know some people follow you so closely online. Now she was using her business page to do the chat, and she was attacking me. And I became defensive because I don't like to be attacked. Otherwise, I'll attack back. You know, I said, Uncle, relax, calm down. I'm trying to reach out. She now apologized and said, You know, the truth is, I'm really not angry with you. I'm angry at life. I've never met somebody who opened up that directly. I've known it that the people who attack you, not because of you, but because you triggered something that caused them pain. So you look like the boy that broke their heart. They'll just say, I don't like that boy. But you're the nicest person ever. Oh, can I talk to somebody? I've heard people say, I can never do any business with born again. Born again. So I'll go and burn again. It's not you. Some people cannot taste your sweetness because the bitter and sour taste of their last encounter is distorting your own taste in their mouth. So you're a sweet guy, but they've been leaking toothpaste. So you taste like chemical. <laughs> you understand? Let me run. Number six. Number six, pride and egocentrism. 
Sometimes pride is an attempt at overcompensation. So you want to overcompensate, and so it comes out as pride. Number seven, and there's the last one for this, materialism. A lot of Nigerians want to hammer because they feel less than. They don't feel good enough. So they feel, ah, one million dollars, dollars, dollars.
why the word does not say, for God was so truthful that the world came to him. He said, for God so, people will not hear your truth if they don't feel your love. So love is the foundation. It's the fundamental essence. It's what triggers and proliferates the rest. So what are the five major things that trigger these seven things? Number one, many of us struggle to love ourselves because we are not comfortable with our stature. Can I have a witness? The stature, physical appearance, size of features. I want to mention different things. Come on, come on, let's be honest. You've struggled at some point. Come on, be any truthful people here? You want me to break it down? I will break it down. Didaskalo, teacher means one who breaks it down. It's a simple means. Let me didaskalo it. Some of us, our issue is not even the deep, deep areas. Our eyes we don't like. See my eyes like Agmon. <laughs> like coconuts. Some of your eyes were so prominent in school, they called you Irene. Isaac. Isaiah. I am that I. It's amazing. We don't know. After those things have been deposited in your soul for years and years and years, instead of you seeing your eyes for what they truly are unique and beautiful, you see them as a burden. Then you now start wearing contacts you don't need. For years, I struggled with my stature. Because, listen, because I was like a, a very good essay. I was simple and short. Down to earth, lo and behold. People, who knows what I'm talking about right now? Look at someone say, I love me, I love me not. <laughs> and people, you see, people, because many people are not comfortable with themselves, they look at what they consider a gap in your own life. Then they used to describe you so that they will feel at least I'm not the only person. So I struck my high. Let me speak in Europe, but people ask me, In other words, when are you going to pay your development levy? And then they'll now say, everybody form a line, form a line. Damn you, come to the front. Damn you, come to the front. According to your gongularity. <laughs> Foreigners. <laughs> Foreigner anointing. That's a good way to say it. Ladies are under intense pressure. Prayer. It's gone from pressure now to prayer. Then pray jaw. A jaw. Because, you see, there's a definition of beauty in different generations. 
So certain generation, you have to be fleshy and plump. That's what define beauty. Olo milara. Then there came the. That you must be so lean that you can hide behind a microphone stand. If there's any part of your body that we can see outside the microphone, you are too fat. Who said? I saw one lady the other day. He's like, oh, you look very nice. I'm like, we put yourself together. He said, me that I'm fat. This lady was, maybe just, I don't know, maybe one inch or two inches wider than I am. any problem <laughs> tell you maybe two inches but she wasn't fat at all tell me that I'm fat I put on weight can you just breathe can you breathe because the real issue is not your stature it's how you are seeing it now there are two major parameters for love and self-acceptance. Two major indicators. If you read Ephesians 5, 28 to 30, it says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own what? As their own what? Do you know what this tells me? That some marital problems are rooted in insecurity with the way I look. So the man says, I have one bag. My wife may not like me, but I have money to get a fine babe to be robbing. You know, somebody, it's not the sex they're looking for. Are you aware of that? Acceptance. In fact, most men, most men, if a man is almost 40 and above, trust me, it's not testosterone and uh, oxytocin. What's that thing women produce? That's not what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who gets me even when I'm making foolish decisions. This is why secretaries steal good men. Sorry, bad men. <laughs> or married men. Because, see, the woman, the wife, has been dealing with the man and all his excesses. This guy can snore for a living, throws his socks under my pillow and all of that. The woman is tired. I'm not blaming the woman. The Prima and proper secretary, spray, 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 Can I get some pepperoni? She's not bathing no babies. She's not vacuuming no house or sweeping. She's not washing anything. She just picks herself up and comes to work. This man has been sleeping without light. The wife has brought bills. Baby was not feeling fine. He wants relief and acceptance. So they said, sir, you're not looking like yourself today. Do you want a cup of tea? A cup of tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> then the man says, I want a cup of tea. He said, you said, what kind of tea? Irish tea, green tea, lemon tea, salem tea, tea tea. And sir, if the tea spills on your shirt, I'll get you a tea. Sure. <laughs> but you're 
that's what the word says for anybody who's struggling with this Jesus said which one of you by worrying can add one cubit so I came to a place where I was comfortable with my stature I'll tell you the story another day it's a long one became so comfortable with my stature because I realized that as short as I was and many times when people emphasize an area of deficiency in your life you continue it after they stop so this guy you're short ah then you're now shorter in your mind as short as I was tall people were coming to me for solutions so I said my body might be short but my mind is tall and everybody is short at something some people are short tempered some people are short sighted some people are short of funds all men have come short of the short is grace that makes us tall is grace that elevates us everybody is short at something but when you stand on the grace of God you are taller than your fears than your fears than your pain than your struggle than your issues somebody shout I'm tall enough high five three people tell them you are not too fat you are not too big you are not too small you are perfect for your purpose. Hey! Somebody say, I love me. I love the shape of my nose. You may not love it, but I love it. My nostrils might be big, but they needed to be that big to take in the kind of oxygen my lungs require. My lungs are not your lungs. So God gave me bigger openings so I won't stress myself in taking in the oxygen that I need to take it. I love my cane legs because they make me attractive to the right man and they make me unattractive to the dangerous, exploitative, manipulative, insensitive playboy down the road. Come on, somebody. I love my smile. It might not be the best, but it's my smile. I didn't borrow this one. I didn't pay for this one. God gave me my hands and I will clap as loud as I can. I will shout, I love. Look at somebody say, I love me the way I am. Says no one ever hates his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. So two expressions of love. Whatever you claim to love, you will nourish and you will cherish. So this is not a call to carelessness, which means that if you are not nourishing your body and you are junking it up, you don't love yourself. Because some people will be like, I'm obese, I'm obese. God made me like this. And there are very few people that are born with irreversible obesity. Very few. Many people with the right discipline, the right diet, the right lifestyle, the right, they will get the healthy thing. So if your BMI is overt in such a way that it's endangering your health, because what happens when your body is filled with junk is that your systems cannot function the way they should, they become sluggish. So it says that you nourish and cherish it. 
here's what uh, Paul, sorry, David said, because David has been our case in study. David said, I am fearfully. Before he says this, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderful. He's saying that God made my kidney, my organ, my spleen, my intestines, my lungs. God made all of those things. So if he made all those things so intricately and delicately, why would I think he made a mistake with my cheekbones? I feel they are too high. My eyebrows. Of course, he can cultivate it, he can shape it in different ways. But don't be like the people that will now remove the one God gave them and put charcoal there. Manicure the one God gave you. Some of you that they go to Baba Shop, Baba, I want to cut. Baba said, Let me cut your hair. I said, No, my eyebrows. Shave, shave, shave. Then I'll put one line looking like an emoji. Even let me finish my message. Psalm 139, 13 to 16, study that. Number two, the second reason we struggle with this things is our struggles. Struggles, real struggles. Good to see you, sir. It's been a while. How is everything? God bless you. Struggles. Some of us struggle with the things that were done to us. Rape, molestation, assault. You know, there's some people, you tell them right now, a fantastic driver. He's a liar. Can I be a fantastic driver? Why? Because when they start driving, they knock somebody down. So even though now the benefit of that experience is that they drive more carefully, more intelligently, they cannot even accept that growth because the image of that struggle is still strong there. Next week, we're going to talk about love heals and breaking soul ties, breaking negative soul ties and then being healed by love. I'm going to minister to people who have had love or sexually related damages emotionally or physically. God spoke to me and he said that he's going to repair the physical parts of people's bodies that have been damaged. Wombs, ovaries, through sexual diseases or sexual transmitted diseases or all of that. God is going to do that. Because when you love, what do you do? You nourish cherish. Nourishing talks about what you put into the physical frame of that thing. Cherishing talks about how you handle it and what you put into the soulish frame. I ignore and cherish you by the way I handle you and the way I speak to you. So, all right, our struggles, some of us are struggles with grades. Struggle. You read that mathematical stuff over and over. You look like Kevin Hart in night school. Figures are flying all over the place. Hypermetro, myopic, dyslexia, astigmatism time, times three. They tell you that a medical condition can even only be understood by mathematical equations. Struggle with that. But here's what the word says, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. Paul speaking, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. This is likely not a habit. This is likely not a, a, a sexual struggle. It's not a struggle. It's most likely a person. 
is always messenger there, most likely a person, right? And there are other reasons to believe so because the first Samuel says that the sons of Belial are like thorns that cannot be handled with hands. So I'm speaking about thorns here. It's possibly somebody that, with all the revelation Paul was saying, this guy will just punish him, just go and lie against him. Just got, and Paul would be like, God, you didn't show me the word of knowledge to reveal this guy, do it in prayer. God will allow some of those things so that you keep, because Paul had massive revelation. Some of you, your gift is so massive, God has to humble you with slander. He's not the one sponsoring it, but he will allow somebody, because if you blow too much right now, you will bust. So he said, I, concerning the thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. So if you're having a struggle, this is what God is saying to you. Now, I know the struggle is um, a persecution struggle, but for some people it might be another kind of struggle. What God wants to say to you is this, my grace is sufficient for you. How do I know? When Jesus Christ came, 1 Corinthians 9, I believe verse 15 says, Oh, the indescribable gift of God. When Jesus came as the indescribable gift of God, do you know what he came with? Judge of the one that in him was life, life was light of man. He said, We beheld him, the word became flesh. He was full of what? Full of what? So grace is the gift that God's gift gives. That means that if God sent you a gift called Jesus Christ and Jesus came with grace and truth, everything you want resolved in your life can be resolved with the right application of grace and truth. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That boast there is not announced to the world. Ah, do you know I've slept with dogs before? Because people are beginning to do interesting things online. Secret revelation competition. That post is, I will bakamu. <laughs> that post is, I will face up to it. That in the midst of this, God is still keeping me. That in spite of all of these things, God is still on my mother. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. You see that? What's the next thing it said? In reproaches. So it's not this messenger is not sin. It's not sex. He's saying it's reproaches. It comes with reproaches. People will reproach me and say, this guy, you'll soon be dirty. You're not even, you don't even have a job. This one. I know your certificates. My auntie was the person that registered your birth. She said you are 38. Where is thine husband? You use KJV to express it. He said, I will rejoice in reproaches and needs, in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Why? For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Number three, our status and social standing. Yes, this one. Status and social standing. Some of us will still struggle because you have OND. Some of you, you don't have OND because after secondary school, OND me. saying things like Ajuwaya, Youth Copper, NYC. Something in your mind is saying you're not like them. Making you feel less of a person. I remember I went to a camp meeting years ago. I was a teenager. I didn't know much at the time. 
and they were playing cards, but I think they were playing this game called Donkey. Is it Donkey? They used to call that game the, the different card game. So, so I remember that they were playing that game at a campus. I was, I don't know, maybe I was eight or something like that. And they were like teenage boys. I know teenagers feel like they know everything. You just feel like, ah, I'm a teenager. Just because your voice has grown deeper does not mean your thoughts are deeper.
nothing to do with the cross. Has an absolutely nothing. Nothing to do with the cross. However, the grace of God is Just bless the name of the Lord. Our exalted finish only at the beginning of presentation of the second service. And we'll take questions and answers. to them that are in Christ Jesus. The law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus has made us free. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give God praise in the house. is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.